Hello to Andrew Stopford in Halifax who emails, uh, Hello Mark, I'm very excited about Count Arthur Strong being on tonight and looking forward, bated breath. Right? Would you please stick to the point though, Mark, and not wander off into pointless asides like you have in the past when he's been on. It spoils it for the rest of us. Well, I didn't like to say, Mark, myself. <laughs> no, no, no. But, well, thank Andrew was that. Andrew that. in yeah, Halifax. Well, well spotted, Andrew. Right, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, I'll try and stay. It's just that, like, I tend to be... Obviously, I'm a seasoned professional. And when, oh, I, when, I'm, when I'm mixing with kind of minors like you know your bushes and your mccartneys it doesn't matter to me that no, much obviously no, no but with yourself here i'm just a bit discombobulated yes I'm, i i sort of show up the inadequacies is what you, is that what you're trying to say i'm only trying to help you out right yeah well may not be what you were trying to say no that was i suppose paraphrasing you're that in that area aren't we? we are in yeah. that area yes. you know but i mean you must be used to having that effect on people oh god blame me yes <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Right, um, uh, Burke uh, P. Ridge has been on. Who? Burke P. Ridge. That's quite a right, yeah. right. He says, great to hear Count Arthur is back in again. Oh. Um, how did he become a Count? Jim, a colleague of mine, when I was teaching in the 60s, became a Count by election of the kids. Another colleague, returning to the staff room from a spell of yard duty, congratulated Jim on his ennoblement. Jim was bemused, even after the explanation that it was chalked on the bog walls in two-foot letters, Jim is a Count. So, um, was it anything similar with um, with yourself? I mean, this was a show business in Elmwood, wasn't it? The Queen Mother. It was the Queen Mother was involved. Yes, it was um, the Royal Command performance in 1960 something. Yeah. Um, was, Count Arthur Strong was originally my variety name in the variety days. Right. And I believe because I took royalty um, in the nicest possible way, uh, shook hands with her. Yeah. I believe that I then became officially ennobled. Oh, that's how it works. That's right. Is yes. it? I, I often wonder. I yes, often wonder. Right. right. Yes. Okay. Um, now then, um, we're going to be talking about uh, several things, but one in particular, which we'll move on to very quickly. But this isn't tonight's subject. Andy from Blackburn has been on. Uh, says, please ask Count to explain the rules of cricket so that women can understand. Tar, mate. Oh yeah. Well, it's gold dust with this one because <laughs> I'm just the right person to ask this to because right. <clears throat> we used to have a, a tea towel with all that on. Um, right. You know. Um, <laughs> If I can remember it, um, when all the players go out, they're really in. But when they're in, then they have to go out. And when they've done it once, they they have to do it again on a bad day. Um, and the ones that stop at home w win the match. And if you ask me, Mark, but serious for a moment, that's what's wrong with cricket. It's spoiling the game, isn't it, Mark? I wonder what happened to that tea towel. From 1980, the album Clues, that uh, was uh, Robert Palmer and Johnny and Mary. It was uh, sort of unusual, because he started off in a kind of uh, scruffy, hard-edged blues band called Vinegar Joe, where he was the co-front lead singer with uh, Elkie Brooks. But then for the later stage of his career, he, he took the unusual step for a blues, R&B, gritty, gravelly vocalist of, uh, of dressing like Mike Baldwin, which I uh, never quite understood. He came from uh, Batley, which was uh, home of a great variety club, Count oh, Arthur Batley Strong. variety club. Oh. Did, oh, did you ever appear there? I was on the bill with Roy. Orbison. Were you? Absolutely. Oh. Oh, yeah. woman, come on down the street, pretty woman. That was him, wasn't it? That, that yeah. was him. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay, yeah. very good. Um, uh, right, now then, Count Arthur Strong is with us tonight, and we've already unravelled the mysteries of cricket. That's right, yes. You know, and so that's one I may job. have got me 
ins and outs mixed up, but that is a basic place of the game, what you got there. Made perfect sense to me. Yeah. Well, Certainly, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, but we're going to talk about something else, which I believe, obviously, you are a well-known um, uh, raconteur and speaker and much in demand. Well, nice of you to say so. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, Jack the Ripper is a, is a subject I haven't heard you uh, expound on oh, before, no, but, no. but but that is a subject close to your heart. Well, yes, it's early days yet, but there might be a book in it. Right, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My interest in Jack the Ripper, um, Mark, was first kindled up when I played him in pantomime at the um, Bradford Alhambra with uh, Anita Harris and oh, the the, um, the Mister Men, I think they call them. Mm. Um, little fat, baldy things about four foot high. One of them looked like a black current or something. <laughs> Mister Nosey, I, I think he was. Jack, Jack the Ripper, in, Jack the Ripper in pantomime with the, with the Mister Men. What 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 pantomime was that then? Babes in the Wood. No, not Jack the Ripper. Oh, no, I wasn't Jack the Ripper in that. Um, oh, uh, who did I play in that? Um, I don't... Uh, is the Sheriff of Nottingham in... Oh, in, the Sheriff uh, of Nottingham. Babes in the Wood. Right. Um, or is it something else I'm thinking of? Oh, I don't know. Oh, what a shambles that was, Babes in the Wood. Dear, dear me. It was dreadful. Mm. And I missed the men. All sweetness and light on stage, if somewhat immobile. <laughs> you, you, you should have heard them in the dressing room, Mark. They turned really? the air blue. Did they? And I'm not easily shocked. I've done my national service and everything. Mm. I've heard a lot of language in my army days, but that bunch... Oh. And there was a, a thief in the, uh, in the midst. Was there? I, I had almost a full jar of oil of oule go missing. And it's not cheap, that. <laughs> no, indeed. Um, well, you know that. Um, <laughs> I had it down to between two of them, Mr S uh, Skinny yeah. and the one the one with the long arms. Um, what's he called? Um, no, I don't know. Mr Sudden Long Arms. Um, I said to them in the dressing room, I said, you know me, I'm a fair man. Uh, I'm, I'm going to give whoever done it the opportunity to atone and make good in life. I'm going to put that light out, yeah. and when I switch it on again, yes. if that jar of eau de vode is back on the shelf, I'll say no more about the matter. Fair enough, yeah. And, and do you know, when I put the light on, uh, one of the little sods only took the flipping light bulb. <laughs> it took me three quarters of an hour to find the door. <laughs> I missed the bus home and everything. <laughs> and, I, and I had to go home in my tights. Yes. Got some very funny looks. I'll bet. I'll tell you something, I wouldn't do another show with them. No mm. fear of that. Well, the, the money would have to be very good, if anyone's <laughs> listening. Yeah. Very good indeed to get me to do another show with a Mr. Man. Yeah. And anyway, frankly, Mark, I'm just much too much busy for that to happen with all my after-dinner speaking engagements, etc. as you rightly said. You are, you're doing lots of after-dinner oh, speaking. Lots and lots, yeah. yes. Right, yeah. Oh. Yeah. I am. Mm. I've always been good at um, public speaking. It's yeah, just something that comes natural um, to me. Yeah. Even even from a very early age. Mm. Do you know I once spoke for two full minutes on where um, uh, paper comes from? Right. Off the cuff, just yeah. off the cuff. Mm. The teacher put the watch on me and everything. Yeah. Oh yes, she said I was the best in the class. Oh yes. Um, see if I can remember it. Um, mm. uh, <clears throat> paper comes from wood. Wood comes from trees. Trees grow at the jungle. Um, God made the universe. That's not two minutes, is it? I no, must have, not I quite. I must have missed a bit out. Right. Uh, trees grow at the jungle. Um, oh, anyway, that's the gist of it. And, and I've always just been good at it. So. Right, absolutely. I think case proved. All right, so uh, one of the country's finest public speakers. Yes. And uh, for those who don't know him, it is Count Arthur Strong, one of, one of the real knights of the stage, even though not technically knighted, but Count's sort of better than that, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Much better. All right, then. And so uh, there may be a chance, we, we've got lots of things to talk about. There may be the chance for the odd question, if people want to send them to you. Oh, to yes, some, if people have got questions. Questions yeah. or showbiz anecdotes oh. that they want to hear about yes, or anything yeah, like that. Yes, some stories. 
Well, that's for sure. Yes, right. So um, uh, give us a shout at mark.rantliff at bbc.co.uk and uh, just think, you could be put in touch with someone I think we've all grown up acknowledging as a legend, Count Arthur Strong. Right, okay then, um, uh, on tomorrow night's programme, Vashti Bunyan will be here, right, to uh, play live. And uh, this is uh, an extraordinary story which I look forward to uh, discussing with her. Basically, you've heard it before if you listen to this programme, that she uh, did an album, Just Another Diamond Day, which was written over two summers and a winter, travelling from London up to the uh, Hebrides, I think it was, in a horse-drawn cart and all that, and then retired from the music business for, what is it, 35 years or something oh, like that? at least that. <laughs> right, yeah. Now living in Edinburgh and just released her second album, album after all this time. Um, it's called Look Aftering. So Vashti will be here tomorrow night from Look Aftering. Then on Thursday we've got live music from Elbow. Then more live music next week um, uh, on Thursday the 1st of December. December already. Can you believe it? Oh, you're counting us. It's every year. Well, well, it is every yeah. year. You're right. Yeah. Well, it's like it feels. Yeah, I know, yeah. I know, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Doves will be playing live um, a week on Thursday, on the 1st of December. On uh, Wednesday the 30th, uh, next week, we're still uh, trying, we're trying to organise it. We think it's coming together. Uh, we hope to have Gogol Bordello, who we played on the programme last night, the, uh, which is the sort of Lower East Side of New York, Gypsy Orchestra of East European Extraction. Oh, that sounds good. It does, does it? <laughs> yeah, it does. Uh, we're, we're, perhaps we'll get their Start Wearing Purple single out and play it again tomorrow. Anyway, we hope to have them in some shape or form next Wednesday. The Cardigans and Loveful, they were on the show recently. I don't know why I keep saying people were on the show recently, because it sounds just a bit like bragging, doesn't it? I don't need to, because I've got you here tonight, Count Arthur Strong. Well, well, you know, somebody might have missed it. They might have not known the Cardigan was on. True, right, OK. So, well, I'm glad I said it after all now. If you think it was right, it's yeah. got to be, hasn't it? Yeah, well, um, yeah. I'll play that for Mick Williams, who said, I was dead chuffed to win the XTC competition the other day and emailed my thanks to the show and made mention of those special folk who toiled tirelessly behind the scenes, if that's an appropriate phrase for radio, where the scenes are pretty much hidden anyway, which I thought was a fair point that he made, actually. Um, um, but anyway, one of the particularly nice underlings who goes by the name of Lizzie emailed back to say thanks for saying thanks. She's got too much time on her hands, hasn't Lizzie, hasn't she? Oh, thanks for saying thanks. Thanks oh, for saying thanks. It'd go on forever, uh, wouldn't it, right? So I wonder if you play a record for all the good people who assist you. Frankly, there, there's too many to mention. I, I mean, there are, there are legions. There's banks of these people, you know. I mean, if we, we would. If we'd yeah. be here till, well, we are here till midnight. Oh, well, you might as well play. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, if I, if I was to mention not only uh, new Lizzie... But also old Lizzie, who used Lizzie. to work with us, yeah. who's passing through tonight yeah. as well. Oh. I think she's been drawn in by your particular lantern. Oh, well, you know. Um, and then uh, and Ian and Johnny Cheese. Oh, I mean, we'll geez. be here... Oh, well, we've done it. Ten minutes. Ten, right, well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, on seconds, indeed. Yeah. And also, Charlie Mahone is, uh, is uh, the engineer tonight. He's not the uh, usual Mahone who's engineer. It's usually Christy Mahone. We usually have one of the Mahones oh, as engineer. Oh, Mahones, are they? They're both Mahones, yeah. yeah. I just like to have Mahone because, you know, we need to make a quick get getaway to any of our concerts, like... Stafford Rangers Football Club on Friday night, oh, yeah. or Stourbridge Rock Cafe Friday the 2nd of December, or Sale Waterside Art Centre Saturday the 3rd of December. I've got someone on hand. Oh, I'll be at those three. Will you? Oh, yes. Oh, right. <laughs> don't, don't... Big Doris, my cleaner, I promised her a night out. Don't say that, because if you don't turn up, even with us only us, we can only disappoint them. You're not going, are you? No, I'm not. No, no. Okay, no. then. Fine, right. No, um, uh, Dean in Darkest Wiltshire has been on. He says, I noticed from the website that uh, the Count has rouge cheeks. Does the Count agree with male makeup? And how can I achieve the apples and cream complexion shown on his website? Well, I mean, you picked up on my natural robust health. I've got no rouge on tonight. Have you not? No, no, of course I wear makeup on my stage appearances. Of course mm. I do. Yeah. I mean, show me someone who doesn't, and I'll 
Sure, I don't. Man, my right. son. Right, okay, fair enough, right. Um, okay, uh, uh, Count Armstrong is with us, and uh, we'll get back to uh, talking to him, but we'll say hello to uh, John Howling in Wall's End, who says, uh, thank you, oh, thank you, oh, thank you, to Count Arthur Strong and his cricket tea towel. It's all clear now. It makes you wonder what Richie Benno's been banging on about all these oh, years. Oh, yeah, I know. Count Arthur Strong is with us tonight, a um, uh, living giant of the English stage, and uh, you've done some film and stuff, haven't you, as oh, well? Oh, yeah. TV, yeah. radio, yeah, books, yeah. everything, really. I've done a bit of everything, yeah. A bit of everything. Yeah. Well, indeed, a lot of everything. A lot of everything as yeah. well, yeah. Right. Well uh, uh, Rich in Banger said, uh, can you ask the Count if Max Bygraves had a penchant for paper cuts? Paper cuts? Max Bygraves? Well, they've got something to mind. I know he has a couple of toothbrushes. Right. Well, you know, that's an interesting anecdote in itself, yeah. isn't it? And if there's any more kind of um, show business information you want, then the Count's your man. I'm your man. There's very few people you haven't worked with, isn't oh, there? Oh, dear really? me. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, um, what was that you were saying before about um, about Jack the Ripper? Because I... Uh, oh, yeah. That uh, left me slightly confused. I'm not, I'm not insinuating that you're not a great public speaker and raconteur, which you quite emphatically are. Yes, that's right. But I, I was slightly confused about what, what you were going on about. Well, when it came out of a conversation I was having with uh, my friend and butcher with... Taylor, right. the day, day before yesterday, I think it was, and I was just, no, it was, um, it was yesterday because I had a mixed grill, uh, yesterday, right. and a basic ingredient of the mixed grill is kidneys, that's and right. that's how we got talking about it, mm. because of the kidneys, and Jack the Ripper was purported to have eaten a human one, Oof. so, oh no, I can't have been Jack the Ripper in Babes in the, Babes in the Wood, can I? No. That doesn't sound very Christmassy, that, does it? Not at all, no. Uh, <laughs> anyway... Anyway, Wilf and I were just ruminating about whether a human one would taste nicer than a pig's one. Um, because they say we're quite close to pigs, don't they? S uh, some of us closer than others, of course. Uh, no names, no pack drill. Uh, I'm, only, I'm only putting your leg, Mark. Um, anyway, that's how we got onto it. Yeah. Uh, not that I'm saying I would eat a human kidney. No. But uh, it gets you thinking, doesn't it? Well. Um, I mean... Obviously, if the plane goes down and you're stranded in the desert, right. then it's first come, first served, isn't it? Mm. Um, that's fair enough. Mind you, having said that, I'm not sure I would I would go for the kidneys first in those circumstances. Um, what is it we were talking about? Um, is it Jack the Ripper? We we started. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> oh right, Jack the Ripper, of course. Yeah, and. Yeah. Um, it's a mystery, you know, even to this day. And over the years, it's a conundrum that's had the, like the finest criminal minds in the country tearing their hair out. Uh, Sherlock Holmes, yep. May Gray, Kojak, oh no, not Kojak, he didn't have any hair, did he? Um, uh, Rockford, Rockford Files, he had a lot of hair. Yes. Anyway, no matter how much flipping hair they all had, Mark, it's hardly important, is it? No. Um, no one has ever had any answers. Mm. Uh, look, here we are. Sherlock Holmes, for instance. Mad Dog on Dartmoor, yes. Jack the Ripper, nothing. <laughs> May Gray, couldn't even speak the language. So, you know, he was really up against it. And uh, as for, um, what's it, uh, James Garner, well, <laughs> frankly, Mark, I preferred him in Maverick. Right. Um, I thought some of the things he did in Rockford were very far-fetched. Yeah. Um, he dressed up in a frock one week. Oh, You're not going to find out who Jack the Ripper was <laughs> by dressing up in a frock, are you? Right. Hey, otherwise we'd all be doing it. <laughs> so, you know... It had all your so-called detectives of the television baffled, Jack the Ripper did. Van der Volk, another one that didn't have a clue. I will tell you which one I used to like, shoestring, eh? Whatever happened to that? Is that it? What? 
Right. Okay, so uh, that's uh, Count Arthur Strong um, unravelling, I think, some of the mysteries of Jack the Ripper. It's funny, isn't it? You know, it kind yeah. of foxed the finest criminal minds yes. for centuries, oh, yes. and yet here you are, you're clearing it all up like you did oh, cricket. Just absolutely. Unbelievable. Yeah, I'm the man for the job. You are, absolutely yeah. right. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, these are King Creosote with a fabulous single called Boot Prince, which is out next week. It's amazing. You're a genius, really. You're Thank a genius. You Crucial three, music of quality and distinction. All right, our second tune is this one. And Colin Wheatley is on the line from Spalding. Hi, Colin. Hello, Mark. Are you well? Very well, thank you. How are you? I'm very good. I mean, you know, and I feel slightly nervous tonight because usually I'm kind of just content to sit here and for the show to be sort of vaguely all right but a bit rubbish in parts, right? But obviously when you've got Count Arthur Strong in the room, you feel, you know, it's tricky to be on your best behaviour, do you know what I mean? Because he's such a legend. I'm sure you feel the same. The pressure is on. Yeah, yeah. What do you do as a career? Um, I work for um, a television shopping company in Peterborough. Dear, I mean, yeah. well, you know, so you're you're media connected, so you must feel a certain kind of honour um, sharing the airwaves with Count Arthur tonight as well. I do a bit, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I've got a bone to pick with you if you work for one of them shopping channels because I got one of them George Formby lean fat mean machines and the fuse blew in the plug straight away as soon as I plugged it in. So you can only buy them in packs of three. That was nearly a pound I had to lay out for that. <laughs> Yeah. Who do I see about that, Colin? Um, well, it, it, dr drop me a line along with uh, anything else and, uh, and uh, I'll look into it Sounds for like you. Sounds like me off, doesn't <laughs> it? Just, well, it does. Like <laughs> I wish you well in the competition. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, and what's Spalding like? I don't think I've ever been to Spalding. Um, sort of flat and largely agricultural, really. Is it? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And what, what do you do for uh, excitement in Spalding when you're not in your uh, television shopping channel? Although I imagine that uh, d derives some highs, doesn't it? Well, it's fairly exciting in itself, but um, no, I mean, I, I play in a band locally, so... Do you? Sort of, oh, right. Yeah, okay. I'm always relieved because I, mean, I perk up because I, I... You may not know this, Colin, but I play in a band. I keep quiet about it. I've heard about that. Have, have you? Say. God yeah. knows. How do people get hold of these things? It's unbelievable. What's your band? Uh, we're called Clutching at Straws, appropriately enough. Clutching at Straws, right. Yeah, yeah. and uh, it's 12-bar uh, blues, R&B, covers, what, that sort of what thing. What do you do? Uh, I play bass. It's easy, isn't it? 12-bar yeah. blues, bass. Yeah, it's only got four strings. It's only got four strings, one hand to play them, and one hand for a pint. Yeah. You know, or you can play, or, or otherwise you can just, like, play the open strings and keep checking your watch, if you're yeah. right, you know. Dead easy. Dead easy. Good. Good job. Right. <laughs> OK, well, tell us what it is, then, this record. Uh, it's Fruit Tree by Nick Drake. You're absolutely right. From Five Leaves Left, his debut album of 1969. Um, uh, are you working on any kind of connection thing yet, then? Not yet. No, no. all right. I'll, you, I'll, I'll do a reminder. That, look at the gravy on this. Oh, it's disgusting. It's disgusting, isn't it? Um, uh, Side Street, St Etienne was the first one. It was suggested by Chris Staples of Hove, which is a good clue, isn't it? Because everybody knows the kind, the way Chris Staples in Hove's mind works. Yes. Yeah. Mm, yes. Yeah. Uh, right, OK, Colin, best of luck with the... Gra What's the shopping channel doing running out of Spalding? I, well, I don't suppose there's any reason why it shouldn't, is there? Well, in Peterborough. Really? Oh, in um, Peterborough. And Peter where, uh, what do you, you specialise in? Kind of cheap trinketry, or...? Well, a bit of everything, really. High-quality merchandise at uh, affordable prices. Very good. Mm -hmm. All right, then. Yeah. Uh, are you on screen yourself, sort of demonstrating chunky identity bracelets oh, for the more mature man? Firmly behind the scenes. Right, OK. I should stay there if you're working no, on a shopping so. centre. <laughs> OK, mate. Right, nice talking to you. 
Cheers, mate. Bye. See you later. Bye. All right, then. Um, Colin Wheatley and Spalding correctly identified Nick Drake. Did you ever do a Battle Variety Club with Nick Drake? Um, I must have done Charlie Drake. Was that uh, Dad? Nick Drake and Charlie Drake. Yes, the um, son and father and son act. Um, hello to David in Birmingham. Says, uh, my mother was very interested in Count Arthur Strong's thoughts on Jack the Ripper, but she seems to think that you and Arthur are one and the same person and that you, in fact, have no guest this evening. Could you reassure her, please? Um, if we both talked at the same time, then presumably that would reassure her, wouldn't it? Yeah. Because I couldn't possibly Perhaps speak speaking, at the same at time, time as, as you, you, could it? Because could I, that, that would just wouldn't just happen. Never, no. <laughs> Count Arthur Strong is with us tonight, a giant of the English stage, film and um, books, talks, books, everything else. radio, everything yeah. else. Okay, then. Right. Yeah. Um, and uh, already cleared up the uh, Jack the Ripper mysteries and cricket and all kinds of things in oh, the short time been he's been with us. Uh, we have been busy, yeah, but we've done a lot of good work, I feel. Uh, Ian from Doncaster has come on with some questions, which of course is your, your manor, Doncaster, isn't Doncaster, it? Doncaster, oh, they're very dear to my heart. I mean, you're more or less sheriff of Doncaster, aren't you? Yes. Oh, yes, I believe that is. Um, they're having a bit of a tussle with Nottingham at the minute, aren't they? Mm. Over the, um, um... Yeah. Robin Hood. Yeah. Ah, ah, got you there, didn't I? <laughs> yeah. Mm. All right, so it says, uh, hello, mm. Count Arthur. Um, right, Ian from Doncaster. Were you ever carried away by the psychedelic, loved-up magic of the 60s? If so, did you ever have any carnal ambitions pertaining to Glenda Jackson or someone who looked like her? Well, um, uh, canal, you mean? Oh, I once went on a... It says carnal, uh, but it's probably a, canal, a, a, a spelling mistake, that, yeah. yeah. I once went on a barge um, for the holiday... With Glenda uh, Jackson? On the Deeds of Liverpool Canal. Uh, not with Glenda Jackson, no. No. Um, but, um, they do say, though, if you can remember the 60s, um, uh, well done, because it wasn't that easy, was it? <laughs> right, OK. Yeah. Uh, uh, Ian continues, says, Furthermore, would you ever consider rolling back a carpet to wrestle in a naked state of undress with another hairy, brandy-fueled man in front of a large fireplace? Well, it would depend, you know, if the part <laughs> warranted it, yes. Oh, I see. If the script warranted it. If it was gratuitous, of course I wouldn't do it. Oh, right. I, I don't mind wrestling with I someone I, naked I, for, you know, if it's... Inherent part of the film. Right, oh, I wasn't thinking right. of a thespian way, I was just thinking of a lifestyle choice, but I see where you... I think you're probably right, that's probably what he meant, yeah. Oh, I think so. um, um, apparently, um, from uh, Anonymous, uh, I think the long arm Mr. Man is called Mr. Tickle. Apparently you called him Mr. Sodding Long Arms before. Oh, well, yeah, uh, Mr. Tickle, Mr. Square, Mr. Brick, they were all so called something, weren't they? Anon says, I've always wondered what their first names were. They never revealed those, did they? No, it was a clever manoeuvre, wasn't it? It was, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Billy, age two, has been on, said, Can you ask the Count if you can catch a cold just by being cold? My mum says you can. But he said in the paper that you could. He also said you uh, get stronger if you eat your crusts and you can see a bit better if you eat some carrots or something. Yeah, well, I read in the paper said you could on Tuesday, and on Wednesday said you couldn't. So where does that leave us? Well, you decide. Neither here nor there. Thanks very much. Yeah. Pete Finn in Rochdale's been on. He said, I once saw Count Arthur Strong at the Prince of Wales Theatre, Colwyn Bay. He had a part in the small part in The Quaker Girl, but thankfully it happened well upstage. I can't remember that at all. Well, to be perfectly been honest so with you. I can't remember. Oh, Nap the Dibdob's been on. 
Oh, yes. Yeah, he said, I wonder if the Count can help me. Whilst I was looking for something down the back of the sofa yesterday, I found something man has been searching for since time began. Yes, Mark, I have found Top Quark, which I always thought would be, uh, you know, found down the back of someone's sofa, because that is the last uh, element of matter. That's so right, They know yeah. it's there, but they fail to uh, isolate it, despite having uh, the world's mo biggest Hornby train set running for 20 miles in a circle under Geneva. That's right. Trying to separate, because every day they try and separate this thing, this matter out, which is like, I just can't quite work, work out what they do. They put a different kind of matter on every day well, and then send do. the train round and see if do. it's isolated when it gets back. Yes, that's so that, what I do. Well, that's what I do. Yeah. So what should we do today? I'll try Telemasalata. Yeah, why not? And it goes whiz, whiz, whiz round and it comes back. So, no, nah, it's not worked. Oh, well, back tomorrow, lads. If it doesn't work, you've always got to taste a little snack. But good idea, yeah, isn't it? Perfect isn't it? for dipping carrots in. Although, or... as you pointed out, your yeah. long-term John prospects... Yeah, not, not not very good, because, you know, it could end tomorrow, couldn't it? It could. And I'm actually worried, very worried about Top Quark. Um, are they environmentally sound experiments? And what is it? I'm sure that's the, those know. are questions they that they've, they've not considered. No, they're not bothered, uh, are they? They've not considered. Anyway, um, Nat Madibdob says, I have found Top Quark. I've cleaned its bottom up, but I can't get it to eat. I've tried Marmite sandwiches, but it's not interested. Has the Count got any ideas? Or does he think I may have found middle or even lower Quark? Is this the two-year-old that wrote No, him? no, no, he moved away. He's not the dib-dob. He doesn't give his age. Oh, well, he's got to be under six. Right, OK, then. Uh, Dean in Northampton says, Does the Count, because obviously you sold cricket from uh, the rules on that tea towel that you lost. That's right. Does the Count have any footballing tea towel-based advice for the ladies? In particular, the offside rule. Well, uh, must have had a set of three of those tea towels, because I... We've got a cricket one, football, what's it going? Um, listen, see if I can remember it. Um, all the players go out, but when they've gone out, they're really in. But when they're in, they have to go out. Al Jackson on drums, Donald Duck done on the bass, Steve Cropper on guitar, uh, Booker T. Jones on the keyboards. He was originally a sax player, wasn't he, for the Stax Band? I think he was, you're Booker right. Booker T. I think he was, yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, and later, uh, married Rita Cooley. That's well, of course, yeah. Um, and <laughs> yeah, back to Carla Thomas, Rufus Thomas, Otis Redding, Wilson Pickett, Eddie Floyd and Sam and Dave. But then, so did you. Oh, they, they played on oh. supporting bills to you. Oh, that, oh, that bunch. Right, <laughs> didn't they, Count Arthur? Yes. Yeah, they did. Uh, right, OK, so that was the last one tonight's Crucial 3 uh, suggested by Chris Staples and uh, so we had uh, green onions and we had fruit tree and we had side streets and well done to the following John from Sheffield once of Spalding John Howling in Walls End again and our Nige who've all spotted that the link is salads salads of course yeah, green salad uh, side salad idea. and fruit salad yeah. Right. Mm. Which would you prefer out of those? Because you're a bit of a culinary man, aren't you? I do, actually. I'm having my cookery program on the Doncaster Cable Vision. Yeah. As you know, yes. uh, Mark. Yeah. Um, that's nice green salad. Just keep it simple. That's right. my advice. Sound advice, yeah. indeed, yeah. Um, well, look, it's been very good seeing you again. Oh, it's been yeah, marvellous to be back here on the transistor. Yeah, um, <laughs> but uh, perhaps it's just worth summing up, because we're getting a few emails saying, what? Um about your theory about Jack the Ripper, would it be worth just sort oh, of right. appraising? Um, it was, I thought it was then. Um, uh, Henry VIII. No, not Henry VIII. Um, Edward. Um, Edward, uh, Edward and Mrs Simpleton, that one. <laughs> and that's why uh, he abdicated, because of the Ripper murders. And right. that's why everything stopped when they went to live in France. I see. It was either that or it was a lunatic um, butcher who went to live in France, and that's why everything stopped. Yeah. Or... They, 
they don't really know who did it. Oh. Um, I suppose that's three theories you've got there, isn't it, for the price of one? Right. So that's tremendous value, isn't it? Most experts only have one, but I have looked into it in some uh, great detail. Mm. I'm not sure you've got your dates right, though. I don't think... Um, Edward VIII wouldn't have been born then, would he? Or, or he'd have been about two or something, would he? Oh, well, you know, Mark, anyone can conveniently use dates as a smokescreen. But uh, what you say is just a little bit too convenient in my book. Mm. The, um, the conspiracy theorists would have a field day if you could just demolish something as easily as that at one fell swoop. So that kind of assertion doesn't really wash, does it? Be honest. <laughs> That's me putting me place, isn't uh, it? Right, OK. <laughs> um, Count Arthur Strong, a triumph. Thank you. Wonderful to see you again. Marvellous. Thank you. <laughs>